On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model 3 gets a minor rebranding, Elon Musk vows nonstop innovation, Tesla sues its former head of the autopilot program, and a whole lot more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to another episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 78 for January 29th, 2017. Ryan McCaffrey here with you alongside a sleeping Maggie the Boxer and a uh, quick update on our four-legged friend over there who so many of you kindly write in with supportive words for. It's all over. All the surgeries, everything, uh, it is done. The second surgery went very, very well on Monday earlier this week. She has bounced back nicely. She's doing, doing very well, and I'm just so grateful to everybody for all their words of support, all of you who uh, may have contributed to her, uh, her recovery. It's, uh, it's been quite a ride from the night of November 1st after I was watching, I forget which game of the World Series, might have been game six, and that night, just, you know, from the <laughs> blood everywhere to her fainting in my arms to the you know, vet telling me that uh, it looks really bad to her vomiting blood in the emergency room to to the tests coming back okay to the then finding the tongue lesion and thinking them thinking that was probably mouth cancer to it not being that to treating it for a couple months to finally determining that there's these broken teeth down there that we should take out and that's I'm so relieved to say that's what that's that's what did it I mean it's uh, all the teeth all the bad teeth extra teeth uh, un un uh, what's the word teeth that never came up over the gum line they're all gone all the teeth that, that don't belong there anymore are gone and she's left with enough teeth to live a normal life and they're all clean and uh and and boy she's she's doing well and i'm just so so happy to have my faithful four-legged companion back in good health and the nice part is as crazy of a ride as this whole thing was you know over the last couple of months the the and as and as stressful and scary as it was at times the upside is after all of this, all these tests, and now the, the dental x-rays and leading to all these, uh, you know, these dental surgeries, all that, na- we now know that there's, there's basically, I'm knocking on wood, there's nothing else wrong with this dog. There's, uh, you know, she's got her bad leg, her bad back leg, but, but yeah, there's, you know, all those tests and now all the teeth are fixed up, and so this dog should be healthy, other than managing that that uh, balky leg back there. But in any case, relieved, relieved that she's here and she's healthy. Uh, a few kind folks, by the way, sent me photos over this past week of, from, from a comment I made on last week's show about the frunk space in Model 3. Uh, I had mentioned that I didn't recall ever seeing a picture of it, that we'd probably see it at Reveal Part 3 coming up in a couple months. And uh, yeah, a number of you did actually send pictures they, there are photographs of it from the reveal event. I either just don't remember seeing them 
or I totally forgot about them, or I never saw them, maybe. I'm not sure, but either way, if you do look those up, if you Google those, the frunk area in the Model 3 prototype, anyway, it's definitely not a large area, which was expected. That's what I talked about last week. There appears to be room for about one medium-sized suitcase at best, but it is better than nothing, and it's certainly better than having an internal combustion engine in there that uh, you know makes you less safe in an accident. So moving on to this week's Tesla news. First up, Tesla gave the Model 3 logo a bit of a refresh, a bit of a rebranding. They changed it from the three horizontal lines to indicate three to an actual Arabic number three, which for you video game fans, it's the three looks almost exactly like the Halo 3 logo. Like it's that same type of three treatment. You can see it on Tesla's website. If you just go to the Tesla page and click over to the Model 3 portion of the site. But to me, yeah, this was an interesting and totally unexpected bit of rebranding. And I'm genuinely curious what prompted the change. I mean, as many of you know, uh, although if you don't, this, by the way, file this away because it's totally going to be a trivial pursuit question years from now after the Model 3 gets done changing the world forever. The Model 3 was originally going to be called the Model E, but Ford challenged the trademark because of course Ford had a Model E back in the, what, a century ago, and, and Elon Musk decided to just leave it behind. You know, the Model S, S stands for sedan, X, Model X stands for crossover, and I presume that E, Model E, would have stood for everyone, Model E for everyone. But instead, they went to those three horizontal lines to symbolize three, which, which of course still looked an awful lot like an E, especially since it's literally the E of the, the Tesla font in the Tesla logo. Like if you look on the back of a Roadster or on the, or on the, you know, the, the, the front of a Tesla store. But I mean, maybe it's as simple as Tesla wanting it to just be very, very clear and obvious that it's model three and not a oh, model. What is that? Huh? Model what? Because of course, Tesla wants this car to be known far and wide, even though they obviously haven't started a shred of marketing for it yet. This is the big one. This is the one the company was built for, was was created for. So they're switching to a much a, a, a more conventional Arabic numeral three for Model 3, and that's what we can look forward to on the back of our cars. Next up this week, Autopilot did indeed go out to Hardware 2 cars in limited capacity last week, exactly as I warned on last week's show, because it was, I think, might have even been Sunday morning when the show actually published. Auto Steer is only functioning up to 45 miles per hour for the time being. Uh, Now, there there are threads on TMC full of folks saying that it's not working too great just yet. Uh, I'm going to read you a few samples of those in a second, but first I'll mention, so for now, auto steer is disabled for any non-highway. It's only functioning on highways for right now, and it's limited, as I said, to 45 miles per hour on the highway. Meanwhile, traffic adaptive cruise control, that portion of things, is capped at 75 miles per hour. So, I'm going to preface this by saying I realize this is a 
incredibly small sample size. This is by no means a scientific or even a fair assessment, but just this is from a thread on Tesla Motors Club forum, which obviously is full of, you know, diehard Tesla enthusiasts who were eager to try this out on their new hardware two cars. Uh, and again, it's, you know, it's the, the, the small sample size response is, is uh, not particularly enthusiastic so far. This coming from user RRM998, who says, when a large pickup truck passed me on the left, the TACC reacted and hit the brakes. The truck was never in my lane. User Roybot saying, it worked great, though I really only exercised TACC. It's great to see the display showing its perception of lane boundaries, and for the vast majority of roads I was on, it did a great job with tracking and recognition. So there's a positive comment. User M.A. Munoz saying, Yeah, this is certainly not ready for prime time at all. I had crews set for 75 going down the highway. Somebody left the lane we were sharing, and it was clear and straight middle of the freeway, so no shadows and suddenly it showed a phantom red car and started emergency braking. Not good. Uh, user Deans saying, I tested TACC today and it worked very poorly on a four-lane divided non-highway at about 35 to 40 miles an hour. Several times the car hit the brakes fairly hard for no apparent reason. Once it hit the brakes due to a bus in the next lane, the bus was fully in its own lane. And finally, user House of Pain, P-A-Y-N-E, says, I am shocked that Tesla released this beta. As someone who had a car with AP1 and now have a Model X with AP2, I can say that this experience is significantly worse than anything I have seen with AP1. The lines on my dash are constantly shaking. The vehicles in front randomly appear and disappear. He's referring to the instrument cluster. And every time I start the car, I get the warning that the features are unavailable but then become available upon driving. So again, extraordinarily small sample size, plus you have to factor in the, the notion that uh, people, it's human nature, they tend to complain more on a forum than to go post, hey, this is working great, or this is working exactly like it's supposed to. So with those caveats in mind, it's still, you know, worth sort of bringing up as a, as a discussion topic. But of course, the good news is that we know it's gonna get better. And it brings up an interesting point for Model 3, by the way. Is Model 3 going to require a sort of calibration period like this, that the, the, the way the S's and X's are going through now with this hardware 2 suite? Because even though the Model 3 might sport exactly the same hardware, the physical shape of the car is different. You know, the, the heights, the, everything. So. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose it's something we should all mentally prepare for, but not necessarily expect with Model 3. Uh, it is possible that, that maybe all of the validation work that is being done now by Model S and X owners is going to sort of translate right over to Model 3, and we, we will sort of be able to skip this step as early Model 3 owners. We shall see. But it's, again, worth bringing up, worth discussing, worth just sort of keeping in mind for Model 3. All, all of these experiences and trials and, and sort of learning experiences that the S and X owners are kindly braving now, uh, they're, they're just informative for what we can expect as Model 3 owners in the future.
Now, speaking of autopilot, a very unpleasant story out of Tesla this week. This comes via Electrek. Former Tesla autopilot program director Sterling Anderson is being accused of stealing data from Tesla. He has, he has been served uh, papers, a lawsuit for breach of contract. Now, you may remember that Tesla hired Chris Latner away from Apple to head up the autopilot program recently, and it seems that the parting of ways with Anderson was not a civil one. So Anderson, uh, he left the company, left Tesla to start his own company with Chris Ermson, the former head of Google's self-driving program. Their new company is called Aurora. Uh, this is a quote now from from Electric. Anderson. So this is the accusation. Uh, Anderson, the accusation by Tesla. Anderson also downloaded hundreds of gigabytes of Tesla confidential and proprietary information to his personal Toshiba hard drive. Upon the end of his employment, Anderson was required to return all originals and copies of all documents and other company property in his possession. Anderson returned his company-issued laptop, but not the backups he had regularly created, which contained hundreds of gigabytes of data, including some of Tesla's most competitively sensitive information. Uh, this goes on. Obviously, had Anderson disclosed the true facts to Tesla, he would have been terminated immediately. Instead, it was agreed that Anderson would remain with the company through the release of the next autopilot upgrade, that was 8.0, expected within the following several weeks. Uh, now Electric noting during that time, Tesla alleges that he tried to poach a dozen employees for his new company and that two of them did in fact decide to follow him. Uh, this is Anderson's slash Aurora's response. Tesla's meritless lawsuit reveals both a startling paranoia and an unhealthy fear of competition. This abuse of the legal system is a malicious attempt to stifle a competitor and destroy personal reputations. Aurora looks forward to disproving these false allegations in court and to building a successful self-driving business. Uh, this is obviously a very, very serious accusation, and I couldn't even begin to speculate on it, obviously, without, uh, you know, this is very much a, a he said, she said situation. But as I have said often in the past, in my opinion, my opinion, Tesla has earned the benefit of the doubt in these situations. And the fact that two Tesla employees did follow Anderson to Aurora would seem to give a little bit of credence to Tesla's claim, at least on the surface. I mean, for what little it's worth, uh, I looked up Anderson, Sterling Anderson hasn't tweeted since January 10th. So it's been a little while when he wrote simply, you ain't seen nothing yet, which in hindsight now would seem to be in regards to his new venture. So in fact, his Twitter profile still says Tesla on it. So we'll see how this all shakes out. I, I really, I mean, I genuinely hope it resolves amicably and with no, and most importantly, with no real damage done to either party. I mean, I certainly don't want to see any harm done to Tesla in this and the, the good work that they're trying to do. Uh, the, the work I'm enthusiastic about. But, you know, I, regardless of whether or not Sterling Anderson is guilty of, of what Tesla accuses him, you know, accuses him of, pardon me, as Maggie the Boxer drinks up in the background. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't need to see a guy destroyed. It's, you know, let, 
fine, go off and do your own thing. So hopefully no real damage will be done to anyone here and this can be resolved fairly smoothly and amicably, but this is going to be a little something to keep an eye on in the coming weeks and months. <laughs> Continuing the segue party this week, speaking of not getting along, and uh, another hat tip goes to Electrek here, German parts supplier SHW Automotive isn't too thrilled about Tesla canceling a $107 million order for axle drive pumps that are presumed to be for the Model 3 because they, quote, failed to meet Tesla's requirements. Electrek did confirm through other sources that the order was indeed for Tesla because the original sort of complaint did not specify the manufacturer. So SHW said uh, earlier this week that it, that it disagrees with Tesla's reason to cancel the, with the order and that the company reserves the right to seek damages. Electric notes it's not clear if they have done so yet. Tesla did, in fact, give a response to this to Electric. They said, the main reason why we now confirm that we canceled the order is to counter those utopian claims that we were acting in response to political pressure. Uh, because that's a whole thing. I didn't. I, I don't really want to get into it because, again, I, I want to try and keep politics out of this fun, enthusiastic uh, podcast as much as possible. But um, it's there was speculation that started swirling that... Uh, because of the new, new U.S. presidential administration's uh, America First policies, that that uh, that this order was canceled because it's a German supplier, and that Tesla was going to instead look for a domestic supplier. But anyway, Tesla's response again: the main reason why we now confirm that we canceled the order is to counter those utopian claims that we were acting in response to political pressure. The fact is the order was canceled because technical standards weren't complied with, end quote. Hopefully Tesla has a plan B lined up for this. Uh, remember, after what Elon said in the wake of the Model 3 reveal about that infamous, now infamous impossible July 1st parts deadline and how suppliers who couldn't make it would be just shown the door, this appears to be the first publicly known example of that. So Tesla digging their feet in, clearly very, very serious about trying to get the Model 3 done on time. And again, I've said this a few times in the last several shows, all indications, both sort of publicly or, or anonymously, are indicate that the Model 3 is in fact on schedule so far. So uh, looks like Tesla will will be getting somebody else to make its axle drive pumps. Next up this week, as a busy week, a couple more stories for you here. Full self-driving capability hardware, the sort of full brunt of hardware 2, is expected to start seeing actual value to owners in uh, around three to six months. So Bloomberg business writer Tom Randall asked Elon on Twitter, at what point will full self-driving capability features noticeably depart from enhanced autopilot features? Because as you, as you may know, as you probably know, if you purchase a car uh, right now from Tesla, an S or an X, you have two choices. You can check neither or, uh, or EAP or both. 
but the enhanced autopilot is the sort of base version for five grand and that gets you sort of all the features that we're accustomed to with autopilot uh, as, it, as it has been known the sort of highway highway uh, auto steer and and traffic adaptive cruise control and lane changing but then you've got to tack on another three thousand dollars with your order or four thousand after the fact another three grand at time of order to unlock the full self-driving capability which of course we don't expect full level four self-driving for at least a, probably probably a year and a half if not longer if not significantly longer depending on how things go with the software development and how things go with regulatory agencies both in the US and abroad so you know there, I, I've talked on on this podcast about hmm you know is it worth it to pay the three thousand dollars for that full self-driving capability now uh, you know is is it possibly worth taking you know taking the one thousand dollar penalty if it's if it's a couple years away, and so here is Elon saying that uh, to in response to to Tom Randall saying quote three months maybe six months definitely and again the question was at what point will full self driving capability features noticeably depart from enhanced autopilot features so three months maybe six months definitely says Elon now this this was sort of in response to another exchange. Uh, Twitter user asked Elon, is there value to full self-driving capability prior to regulatory approval, i.e. will eight cameras make the Tesla safer in the meantime? Which is a very fair question. It's actually a great question. And Elon did reply and said, yes, safety should improve significantly due to autonomy features even if regulations disallow no driver present. In other words, even if... uh, you can't, the car can't totally drive itself yet. So again, for, for those of you who have ordered or plan to order an S or an X in the immediate future, first, please use the referral code that I'll give you uh, later on in the show. And second, I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious. In light of this, these tweets by Elon, I am very curious, does this affect your decision about whether to order the full self-driving capability now versus later, or if you already ordered, did you get it or not? And how do you feel about that decision? Do, do, do Elon's tweets here and his comments affect your decision regardless of what you chose? Uh, and a further point on this, when Elon says three months, maybe six months, definitely, that's great, but do, do remember... That's Elon time, and Elon time does not always align with the normal uh, Roman calendar as we, as we utilize it today. But again, I'll tie this back to Model 3, because always, it's always good to think about how the present informs the future that so many of us are waiting for with our Model 3s. The nice part here for us Model 3 folks, uh, similar to the, what I was talking about earlier, is that you you S and X owners are very kindly paving the way for us Model Three folks. I mean, if if we start to see the full hardware suite have tangible benefits, even if the actual level four autonomy is still pretty far away. Although, do remember that Elon said 
he, he has said, he's going on record saying he wants to do a cross-country uh, autonomous demo by the end of this year. But uh, it, it, depending on, you know, if we start to see benefit from the full, the full sensor and camera suite this year, you know, in the next three to six months, as Elon says, that really, that would definitely heavily incentivize me to go ahead and order the full self-driving capability suite up front with my Model 3 rather than wait and, and order it later with the, with the slight sort of fiscal penalty attached to it. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I can't wait to see how the, how the hardware suite, in, obviously in concert with the software suite, develops. It's, it's going to be really fascinating to see. I mean, you know, I, I talked early, just a few minutes ago about how the initial version of it that's rolled out this past week is is maybe you know less than less than awesome for some owners but that's the beauty of of the Teslas is they're all connected they all have that data connection at all times and one firmware update can change everything finally this week uh, to, to brighten things up a little bit more Tesla not, not, you guys already knew this from listening to this show, from following the company, but Tesla plans to keep making major advance, advancements with the cars every 12 to 18 months. Elon Musk on Twitter again in response to somebody being disappointed after Elon told them that a Hardware 2 retrofit on a Hardware 1 car wouldn't be possible, Elon said, Unfortunately, that would require stripping down the entire car and replacing 300-plus parts. Wish there was an easy way. And then he said, uh, followed that up by saying, Tesla will never stop innovating. People are buying the wrong car if they expect this. In other words, if they expect retrofits and waiting for model years and all that stuff. He says, there will be major revs every 12 to 18 months. So again... Everybody listening to this probably already knew that, or at least if you've already figured that out just from listening to what Tesla has done. I mean, we again, we, we've certainly seen it, especially, especially with the Model S. I mean, I've gone over many times how the Model S today is almost an entirely different and, and by the way, significantly better car today than it was when it launched four years ago. Even the Model X has gotten the 100D battery pack, which is a significant upgrade, and hardware too, which is obviously very significant. And the X, the re- I say that because the, the X, if you recall, is a car that Elon has since admitted that he stuffed too much innovation into up front. And it's still, even with that, it's still seen... A couple, you know, two really significant improvements to the car in basically a year. So that's Tesla. They're gonna keep. They're gonna keep moving forward. They're not gonna wait for model years. They're that, and that's why. That is why I really feel that the they are in no danger of of uh, being caught up to, let alone passed in the in in both. Uh, autonomy, autonomous driving, and in just the realm of electric cars. I mean, the Bolt is is starting to get out there, and by all accounts, it's a pretty good vehicle, but 
there are no over-the-air updates for it. I mean, it's it, Tesla will continue to push forward, and that's going to keep them ahead of the competition, which is only going to make the cars more desirable, and thus the the car the, the company will be more successful. It's just a snowball effect. It's these are the that that's how you can operate when you st- were started from the ground up by a team of people with Elon and JB and the team committed to just building cars in a different and better way. This, this we're really seeing the you know the, the Roadster was just the the test bed, the scratching the surface, and now you know four years into the Model S program and a year into the Model X program with the Model 3 program seemingly imminent, we're really seeing the, the fruits of, of, those, uh, of those sort of fundamental organizational philosophies from Tesla really coming to bear on the market now. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to see, I think. All right, let's come right back. I've got a few more excellent phone calls queued up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. All right, it's Ride the Lightning Hotline time. Got a few good calls queued up. I remind you, of course, if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic, whatever you want to say, go ahead and say it. You, you won't bother me. It's You can call 24-7, day or night. Uh, you're just leaving a message. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And as uh, some of you are starting to do as well, if, if that's annoying or less convenient, you can also just use the recorder app, the voice memo app on your smartphone, record something, and just email it to me, Tesla Podcast at gmail.com. Our first question comes from our friend Ramey over in the Netherlands, uh, who wants to know what the specific benefits of a dual motor car are. This is a good topic worth discussing. So Ramey, take it away. Hey Ryan, this is Ramey, your friend from the Netherlands. Uh, first of all, I really want hope that you're going to get this uh, Tesla um, P100D. I don't recall if it would be a model s or an x or maybe you could even choose so everybody please use jeff's code because it wouldn't it be awesome if our host ryan would be having a a new tesla uh, just uh, because we support him uh, so good anyway uh, i have a more technical question to you Uh, and i would like to ask you if you can or maybe one of the listeners to zoom in on the um, model D or the dual motor option on uh, any te- Tesla actually uh, what I want to know is what exactly are the benefits and how is this uh, how does that technically work uh, so I know more traction a little bit more um, uh, uh, 0 to 60 times a little bit better and a little bit more range but I think these differences, if I look on the website of Tesla, they, they are just very slightly better. So um, before I'm going to opt in for, model, uh, for a Tesla with a dual motor, 
I want to make an educated decision. <coughs> so maybe you could tell me a little bit more about what that really means if you have with or without a dual motor. Thank you very much. Love your show. Listen to it every week. Bye-bye. By the way, I realized that I said Netherlands, which is <laughs> like a super dumb thing. The Netherlands. I'm sorry, Ramey. <laughs> I'm not trying to... I didn't mean to to disparage the pronunciation, to, to, to ruin the, dis, the pronunciation of, of your country. Uh, so anyway, uh, you cited the big ones, Ramey, but I have driven both cars, both a, a, a rear-wheel drive S and a dual-motor S pretty extensively for not owning either one. But, you know, my, my cousin Pat's car in Arizona is a rear-wheel drive P85 that I've driven hundreds of miles in at this point and then I've done a few hundred miles in a P85D as well from uh, living with that car for a few days back when I reviewed it for IGN in 2015 so uh, yes the performance is better in a, in a dual motor car yes the handling is better and by the way I actually want to pause right there because the the improved handling in my humble opinion cannot be overstated uh my cousin, Pat's P85, that car can be fairly easily broken away from the pavement a little bit when you turn with power. Like if you pull out of a, of a driveway and, and hit it or you're, you're, you know, you're at a red light and you're making a right turn, it, you can, that car can, uh, can those, you can start to feel those rear tires want to get away a little bit. They don't, but you can you can feel it start start to to want to happen. But the P85D that, uh, as I mentioned, I happen to be fortunate enough to live with for a few days, that thing stuck to the road like glue. You couldn't flip that car with a giant spatula. And uh, and yes, range is better too. That's definitely also worth factoring in. Now, that's important to note. For an elect with an electric car with a Tesla specifically, because as you may know, on ICE cars, all-wheel drive actually is an efficiency hit. You take a hit, but in a Tesla, it's a benefit because the computer is making millisecond-level adjustments and delivering power to exactly which whatever whichever wheel it needs to go to. Making, which of course thus makes the car's energy output as efficient as possible, which in fact offsets the weight penalty from having an additional motor in the car. Now, obviously, in, a, in an electric car, the, the second motor, you know, the motors are small, they're the size of watermelons. So it's not, you know, they're not, it's not a huge weight penalty, but, but uh, it is offset by the, by the improvements and the gains that come from a, a more efficient second motor in the car. In my opinion, then, dual motor is one of the best values for your money when it comes to the upgrades that you want to consider in, when you're in the design studio. It's a $5,000 option on the Model S. Uh, of course, every X is dual motor, so it's not even an option that's built in, but it's a $5,000 option on the S for the, the lower, for the 60 and 75 kilowatt batteries. But Elon had tweeted 
if, in case you, you may have forgotten, Elon had tweeted shortly after the Model 3 reveal that the second that the dual motor would cost less on Model 3, as you know, whether it's just economies of scale and or you know they're they're designing a new motor for Model 3, which you know we assume certainly presume it's going to be a new motor. So it's it it will be a less it'll be cheaper than five thousand dollars to upgrade to a dual motor Model Three, and uh, if you want to dig in a little deeper to even maybe one more smaller but you know hey worth noting advantage of a of a dual motor Model Three, that second motor will only help balance out the car's weight even more perfectly. Than a Tesla already is obviously the you know the, the skateboard design the battery pan in the floor already keeps the weight balance pretty darn awesome in a Tesla, but you know you got the rear motor and then if you add a front one that's only balancing the weight even more perfectly in the car, and and finally I'll just note that you know in cold climates with snow that dual motor's value goes up even more for that improved traction. So, you know, it's it's in my opinion one of one of the most valuable best bang for your buck upgrades regardless of your climate, but especially for a, for a winter climate. So, Ramey, thank you for that call. Let's go to Paul from Connecticut who uh he's also thinking about this subject. So, Paul, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. Paul from Connecticut. A uh, comment and a question for you. My comment is just want to thank you for producing such a great podcast week in and week out. I'm a Patreon subscriber and always very excited to see a new episode on my phone each week, and it's something that I look forward to. So thank you for that. I'm a Model 3 reservation holder like you, and I waited in line the morning of the 31st, although I'm on the East Coast, unlike you on the West Coast. And waiting for my Model 3 is just like any other great life event. It's like a vacation or a great concert you have tickets for. The the anticipation of the event is half the fun, even though it's uh, killing me waiting for my car and I'm driving a high-mileage car that may or may not make it for another year. Uh, the Looking forward to what's to come is half the fun. You and a couple of other select sources have taught me so much about Tesla. There's a lot of uh, clickbait out there about Tesla and about the Model 3, as you know, but you and a few other select sources have taught me so much. So thank you for that. My question is, I live here in the Northeast, and we're dealing with some cold weather here, and I'm contemplating uh, the dual motor versus the rear-wheel drive, and my question is, if the dual motor is going to add four or $5,000 to the price of the car, what would you do? Would you invest in the dual motor, or would you invest in several pairs of good winter tires throughout the length of the car, uh, the lifetime of the car, that is? So interested in what you had to say about that. Uh, you gave me some good advice in my last call about uh, purchasing a bigger battery because of the reduced range of the cold weather. I thought that was a great idea and wanted to see your thoughts about that, this question. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Take care. Bye. Well, dual motor is in the air this week, it seems. Everybody's thinking about it. But, Paul, I take it you heard my reply just now to Ramey from the Netherlands. I, so I would say go dual motor if you can, being that you're in a winter climate and you're going to be... Uh, you'll find yourself, because I've heard stories of this already in the dual motor S's and X, you're going to be soldiering on down the road in tough winter, in tough winter weather when other cars have to pull over and, and bail out and give up. And again, it won't, 
it won't be $5,000, as you just heard. Elon had said, has said it will be a, it, the, the, op, the upgrade option will be cheaper than that. Next is Dave from uh, just nearby, just down the road in Silicon Valley. He is curious about, or he's, he's sort of contemplating changing his, his pending order from a 90D to a 100D and the sort of pros and cons of that. So Dave, you're on the air. Uh, Brian, this is Dave out in the Tesla Center, Silicon Valley. I just uh, saw that the, as I have been expecting, the Model S and Model X, any version now can get the uh, 100 kilowatt battery. I called to see if I could change my order, which I placed the end of December so I could get my um, free supercharger for life and was told, yes, I could change my order. However, it would cost an extra $500, which I didn't, didn't uh, get surprised by that. But also, I will lose my uh, supercharger for life guarantee. So I just wanted to throw that at you and see if you can verify or the free supercharger for life. Anyway, good luck. Enjoy listening, enjoy listening to your uh, podcasts. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for the call, Dave. I had read about this. And I, I I think it's pretty fair of Tesla here because, you know, they they have to draw the line somewhere, and they drew it. They they said ahead of time they're, they they were going to draw it on January fifteenth, and since if you change your order, you'd effectively be making a new order. You're, you'd have a, a order that's now dated after January fifteenth. Yes, you you would lose the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. I, I'm curious what you chose, actually, because I didn't. Def- uh, I may have. Pardon me if I missed it, but I didn't really pick up definitively on your call. Uh, if you said sort of which way you ended you ended up going, if it were me, if it were me, I would happily sacrifice the free unlimited supercharging in exchange for that 100 D battery because range is king. It's always king. In a, you know, this is a car where, I mean, it's a battery-powered vehicle, uh, and and the state of it is such that if you are in a winter climate, whether you live in one or whether you're going to just drive and vacation to one, you take a significant range penalty uh, there, and so you know having that extra, you know, those extra what thirty or so, yeah, thirty-eight range, thir- sorry, forty or so range miles that's huge that's a that's a huge difference and remember too that uh you still get a thousand miles worth of free supercharging every single year and i i went over the differences between the 90d and the 100d uh, on on both the s and the x last week so as i mentioned it's you know it's 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 a 30 something mile difference uh, basically on both cars and the other thing to keep in mind too, on a on that bigger pack, it might even enable you, depending you know, your mileage may vary. Every case is going to be different, but that bigger pack could even enable you to skip a supercharger stop or two here and there when you do decide to take trips. So, if it were me, it's a no-brainer. Take the five hundred dollar penalty, upgrade to the one hundred D. Because uh, I'll even add too, you know, even though uh, battery degradation has thus far not proven to be a particularly significant issue on even the highest mileage Model S's out there, it is still a thing. It's still 
there is still a, a degradation effect that that does take place. It's just not as pronounced as as uh, some folks were predicting or expecting or or bracing or fearing. So you know, the more buffer you have, the more range you've got in that battery, the better off you are both in the short term and in the long term, in my opinion. All right, and and I, I should add, regardless of what you chose, Dave, I I certainly I just want to say congratulations on your imminent Tesla. That's just enjoy it. That's going to be fantastic. Final call this week is from William in Valley Village, who has a battery swap question. He's an existing Tesla owner, so let's hear what he wants to do. William, take it away. Ryan, hi. This is William from Va- Valley Village. So I have a question. If uh, in the future I replace my 85 kilowatt battery with a 100 kilowatt battery pack, do you surmise that I could get the range of the 335 miles estimated for the new 100D, even though I don't have a D? All right. Have a good one. Bye. William, my gut on this tells me that the answer is no, especially since Tesla only sells the 100 kilowatt hour pack in a dual motor variant and you don't have a dual motor car. Because um, remember, they've only ever done upgrades for more recent performance models. So they've done P85D Insane to P85D Ludicrous, which involved those Inconel uh, fuses, sort of upgrading the, the hardware guts of the pack. And then they've, they have offered P90D to P100D upgrades as well. But uh, I will say, I, want, I didn't want to just give you a gut feeling on this. I, I went ahead and emailed the PR team at Tesla, and they were kind enough to reply quickly, and they did, in fact, confirm my suspicion. This is quoting a Tesla representative saying, quote, Unfortunately, no, we don't offer pack hardware upgrades. So I'm afraid you will not be able to do that, William. But uh, you know, it probably would have, let's see, that if they did offer it, it would probably cost you 20 plus grand. Whereas, uh, of course, they don't, so it's a moot point. But if you decided to trade in your car, depending on your configuration and, you know, if you wanted to then trade it in for something very similarly equipped, you know, the, the price delta might only be around 20000 maybe a little more, and you'd end up with a car that's got hardware two on it and that you, you could do the 100, do that 100 kilowatt hour battery, which would then also be a dual motor car too, get, getting you that, that better traction as well, but, and performance as well you'd be so you would see an increase in traction performance range uh and autopilot hardware capability so you know if it's something to think about since you don't see you know tesla is not going to give you the option to just throw in a hundred kilowatt hour pack uh, into your existing car but uh, i appreciate the kind tesla rep answering that for us and william thank you for the call and again if you want to call in, please do. I mean, I welcome. It's great to get all these calls every week. All I get, I'm so lucky to get so many good. Again, I don't. I really have to delete. All, I only delete probably one in every ten calls because they're all great. You all have such great questions and 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 points to discuss and and things of that nature. So uh, call in anytime. Again, one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two 
or just record your question on your phone and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Be right back in a second to wrap things up here as soon as I catch my breath, grab a quick sip of water. All right, I want to first mention abstractocean.com. They've got a coupon code good for 20% off of your order. So whether you're a Tesla owner or a Tesla enthusiast, they've got useful accessories for either or both of of those camps of people. So visit abstractocean.com, throw in whatever you want in your cart, whether it's the silicon key fob to keep those slick little rascal key fobs from, from getting away from you, or uh, maybe it's an LED lighting kit for your car, or maybe a Tesla lanyard that you can wear to your next uh, convention or trade show. So put everything in your cart, and when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST, for 20% off of your order. I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that are supporting the podcast at $20 or more per month. Uh, it is a long list. I'm going to read it backwards. It, the list is getting long enough where uh, I want to give, try to make it fair. So uh, let me start from, from the newest folks and work backwards. Robert Maracle, John E. Ford, Michael Lester, Matthew Parra, Logan Willis, Michael O'Prey, Lisa Kaz, David Kittle, Alexi Heft, Michael Lucas, Scott Gillis, John Waltower, Jonathan Wales, Nick Hoffman, David Brander, Z.L. Klein, George Cassiopo, Wolfgang Obergen, Pete White, D.J. Harbaugh, Paul Hussey, and Jeff Bartram. And uh, I want to point out, John E. Ford and Robert Maracle, those first two names I mentioned, they are the newest Patreon producers. So thank you, gentlemen, both very much for your support. It is sincerely appreciated. It's kind of all going. <laughs> so, well, still catching up on Maggie Vet bills, so it's all, it's all going to a good place, I assure you. And uh, if you're curious about the Patreon, maybe you'd like to support the podcast at any level that any dollar amount that you're comfortable with, just you can take a look at the page, see if you're if any of it interests you. The page is patreon.com slash Tesla Podcast. That's Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Tesla Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email me, Tesla Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit teslarati.com here and there for a a day-to-day update of all Tesla news. And Dave T. does a fantastic weekly Tesla newsletter, just a digest he sends out every Friday morning to give you a quick, quick way to catch up on the week's Tesla news. You can sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. And finally, I'll mention the current Tesla referral program. I went over the whole thing last week. Uh, it is it is a new program where I actually have a maybe kind of sort of realistic chance, thanks to the kind folks, uh, there's so many of you now listening to this podcast, the first person in North America and other regions, but I'm in North America, the first person in each region to get to 20 referrals gets a ludicrous S or X. So if if you have it in your heart <laughs> to buy a Tesla, I mean, obviously you're you're you know, it's a decision that you're making on your own, but if you do plan to buy an S or an X in the next couple months, 
uh, please use this referral code because it'll get me one step closer to my dream and it gets you $1,000 off of your order. So the referral code is, uh, just put this into your browser, it's a short link, ts.la slash Jeff2311, Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. And I wanna thank my friend Jeff from California for offering up his code for this. I think that is everything, ah, other than just mentioning that please do subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already, many of you probably do, but you can subscribe via most of the major podcast services, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can pick up the RSS feed uh, on the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. All right, uh, another w- busy week of Tesla news. I'm so glad I decided to make this a weekly podcast because if I had done it you know, monthly or something, they'd be, they'd be four-hour shows which, that no one would want to sit through. So, boy, and, and at least I, I'm, I'm thankful. Though. It's a good thing, and I'm not trying to say it's not. It is, I'm so glad there's always something fun and new and, and interesting to talk about. I know there was some bad news this week with the, the lawsuit with the, you know, Sterling Anderson, but, you know, you take the good with the bad, and, and all told, week by week, it's just a fascinating company to follow, and I'm having a great time doing it now. We're, gosh, 78 episodes in already, but, you know, hopefully I'm getting better all the time, and I'm definitely having more fun all the time, but Again, I, I know I say this from time to time, but I do sincerely mean it. I, I sincerely thank all of you for trusting me, for, for just donating me an hour or so of your time every week, because I know in my own life, every hour is valuable. You know, I'm a, a busy guy, a job, family, and most of you, uh, no doubt. It's, uh, your time is, is extremely valuable, and I, I thank you so much for trusting me with an hour or so of your time each week. So for a comfortably sleeping Maggie the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 78. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you back here next week.